process. Hello and happy Monday. This is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy and welcome. Welcome back to The Fix. I am excited to be back in front of the microphone sitting here in the studio with Juan and getting ready to um, encourage and uh, guide and share and drop some knowledge just to see where we're at and You know, I I love doing these podcasts because it causes me to sharpen my saw so I don't come at you dull. So it's good to be here today. Again, happy Monday and welcome to The Fix. You know, um, last week on Monday's episode, it was about recovery paradigms. It was the power of the paradigm and is very specific to our personal recovery. Now, You know, my primary addiction was alcohol, a whole lot of drugs, and everything else that fell underneath it. I tried to be that chameleon, you know, to be everything to everyone at the same time, you know, and trust me, that took a lot of alcohol and drugs to to get there. Um, and, And then once I came into recovery and and, and got a handle on the alcohol, realized I didn't need to do it, started going to AA and NA and the alcohol and the drugs, they slipped away. But you know what? So did then the bulimia. So did the gambling. So did the pornography. So did the compulsive overeating and all the other things that we do and or become along the way. But along the way, I needed to change my thinking. Uh, as as Einstein said that you you cannot change or solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we use when we created the problems, right? So I had to develop a new way of thinking. Uh, I had to find another way. And, you know, in the beginning with all the the 12-step material and the first 164 pages of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, to this day, I love that information. I continue to read as I go into prisons and and uh, treatment centers, and and halfway houses, and share the message of hope. And I continue to use the information because repetition is the mother of learning, right? I'm a big repetition guy. It might be because I try to dig deeper, and it might be because I'm not very bright, right? Uh, um, comprehension was never my, my strong suit. So I did have to go through things on a regular basis, just to catch a nugget or two. And over the years, as I've recovered material over and over and over, I've, I've started collecting these nuggets and, and I learned how to, you know, understand what they are and how they might fit in my life and then how to implement them and make them my own, right? In the same way with recovery paradigms, we get these ideas, we get these thoughts, we we find this new mental map as my my psychologist, teacher, mentor, Stephen Covey would say, we get this mental map on how to get us from one way of thinking to another revolutionary way of thinking. You know, last week, I didn't mention it. um, uh, We have to break away. And one of the things that Stephen Covey said was that 
every major scientific breakthrough came from a break with. I'm going to repeat that because this is heavy, right? Let's get our head around this for a moment. Every major scientific breakthrough came from a break with. So how does that correlate with the recovery paradigm and that statement? Well, here's the deal. I can't have, like Einstein said, that old thinking be a part of the new thinking any more than dirt can be a part of new water, right? Because no matter how much dirt I have in there, it's still dirty. So I've got to set aside the things that would spoil and corrupt so the new thinking doesn't get polluted or corrupted. So last week, and and, and I'm glad that you joined back, uh, last week we were defining some things, uh, asking some questions. Today we're going to go back and, and we're going to address uh, those things and see where we're at. Now, again, what is a paradigm? Let me just cover again. A paradigm is a, is a mental map. It's a, it's a way of thinking. Uh, a paradigm is a standard. It's a, it's a perspective or a set of ideas. A paradigm is a way of looking at something. And like I said, Stephen Covey called it a mental map. Now, when we have that mental map, it, it needs to have value to us. And so it needs to make some practical sense as to why we would have it, right? Because if it's not doing anything for us, then it's just taking up space. Now, here's where I learned, and, and I learned this before I even knew it was called a paradigm. So when I finally understood the terminology or was introduced to a paradigm in 1993, again, about seven years into my personal recovery, it was kind of nice to, to put a term to something that AA and NA and other recovery programs was teaching me. But here's the deal. In, in, in recovery, people often will have a mindset that there is a limit to their wellness. Did you ever, did you ever feel that way, that I'm only going to get so much better that I, I, I end up settling for mediocrity, like I'm good, so I'm okay? And then I heard about the the term that good is the enemy of best, right? So is it good to be good? Sure, it's good to be good. But if we settle at good, we will give up being the best, right? So so sometimes paradigms are are can be a trap if we don't go grow through them. And maybe you have an example in your own life. You know, one of the um, one of the most astounding books I ever read, and I I just reread it again last year, and I try to reread it about every three or four years, and it's called uh, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. I want you to write that down, or or asterisk it, or do something. Come back and listen again. If you haven't heard of the book before, it's Jonathan Livingston Seagull. It was a book by an author by the name of Richard Bach. And it was written back in 1970, I think first published in 1970. Jonathan Livingston Siegel 
is a story of a seagull named Jonathan. Go figure, right? So here is the deal. Jonathan was was raised and brought up with this family of seagulls that told him he could only fly a certain height in a certain way. And sort of kept him in this box, this mindset, this paradigm that was very restrictive. One day, though, Jonathan thought, well, just because you think you can only fly this high, why should I think that you fly this high? And that's sometimes what people do, right? When they have this limiting perspective or mindset, a lot of times, and again, maybe you have experienced this for, sometimes my present company if, if, a, if a few people that I'm hanging out with in recovery or my social or my personal life, if, if they're limiting themselves, do they want me to grow? Or if I grow, that, does that expose their self-imposed limitations? Well, I won't tell you any more about Jonathan Livingston Siegel. I might have given up, given out... Uh, too much of the clues already, but go get the book. You can find it on Amazon. It's not very expensive. Jonathan Living Siegel by, by Richard Bach and talks about paradigms and thinking and breaking away from the old and developing the new so we can soar. Now, how do they, these paradigms, how do they affect us negatively and positively? Well, we know I know when I developed in thinking or get stuck in my thinking, I know there's a negative aspect to it. So when I'm dealing, you know, with a paradigm that's not uh, accurate, you know what it does? It, it causes recovery stagnation. My Thursday podcast, if you didn't listen to it yet, go back and, uh, Listen to recovery stagnation and and stagnation, if you haven't heard it yet or aren't, aren't familiar with the term, it, it literally means in the Latin, it means standing water. Now, you know and I know that if standing water stands too long, what once was good water is now polluted water and not even safe to drink. You can't consume it because it's been stagnant too long. So that is how a paradigm can negatively affect us. So especially if it's an inaccurate or incomplete paradigm. A positive paradigm can not only help us achieve our goals, but it can also help me exceed my own expectation and give me from good to better to best so I can be led to a higher level of thinking. See, I want everything about me to be elevated, right? If 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 you can go, if you know like the Sears Tower, I don't know if you've ever been there in Chicago, 
If you want to get the best view, guess what? You got to go to the top of the building. Anything less than that is going to limit your view, right? And and it doesn't matter what building it is. could be the Empire State Building or go to the world's tallest building in Dubai, 130 stories or whatever that crazy number is, right? So if you want to see the best view, would you stop off halfway? Of course not. Why? Because you're there for the view. And especially if all you had to do was push the right button to get to the top, to see the doors open, to get to that view, that panoramic view that allows you to see things not only on the linear, but an overall aerial perspective. That's how I want my life to be. And so I know that positively paradigms can have such a major effect on my recovered life that I sh- I have no resemblance to that old guy, right? In meetings and different places I go and speak and share and I sort of relate my story, people, you know, I have to be careful because I, I need to identify because I don't look and I don't sound and I don't walk. I don't read. I don't resemble that guy anymore at all. You could not recognize me in so many ways from 1986 to 2019. I'm a different cat. You know, I carry myself with a degree of confidence. I have a mindset that's expanding all the time. I get so excited about life, about simple things, because simple things remain. But this is my mindset. This is the way I think. And I always try to develop a higher level of energy. That way, day in, day out, I'm ready. I'm ready to be the best possible version of me so I can help you become the best possible version of you. Now, the next thing we discussed was identifying erroneous paradigms. Identifying erroneous paradigms can be one of the most critical things we can ever do. And here's why. We know that a lie is bad and dangerous. The truth, when properly applied, is good and productive, right? So, so we know truth is good, properly applied. A lie is bad. Here's what's even more dangerous than a lie. Are you ready? A half-truth is more dangerous than a lie. Do you know why? A lie is usually pretty obvious. A lie usually doesn't contain truth. It opposes truth. It's like light is pretty easily distinguishable between darkness. Darkness to light and light to darkness. We can pretty much tell, right? Hot is very distinguishable between cold. Pretty evident, right? Happy, sad. We're dealing with uh, polarizing or opposite 
views or perspectives. Here's what's dangerous about a half-truth. A half-truth contains truth and a lie. It's got enough element of the truth to get me to believe it could be true, but the lie works against what I want to accomplish. I seem like I'm doing good. I seem like I'm going in the right direction. I seem like my my thinking is evolving, but it lacks power. It lacks impact. And more often than not, it will start to stray me toward the road. You know, it's pretty easy to understand why you don't end up where you're supposed to end up if you've turned a 180 and start walking in the other direction. That's pretty obvious. You say, hey, turn around, go the other way. But what if I'm just veered off five degrees or 10 degrees? I never end up where I want to end up because there was just enough truth to get me going in the right direction but enough of a lie to veer me off course. And I get to the end, what I think is my journey to where I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to land. And it's not what I need. It's not what I expected. There's no fulfillment. And that can be very dangerous for people in recovery. You know, I love what Stephen Covey says, you know, you climb the ladder of life and realize you've been leaning against the wrong wall. Can you imagine that despair? And in recovery, we're not afforded that latitude, not for very long, not for many of us, especially newcomers. Old timers such as myself need to guard against it often as well because we think we're right. I mean, you know, heck, I've been sober 20, 30, you know, 33 years. I must know what's going on. No, I can be get off path as well. You know, I wouldn't be the first person with 33 years of recovery to relapse. I mean, I might not be smart, but I'm not an idiot, right? So I always need to be checking my paradigms for erroneous thinking. Identifying erroneous paradigms is critical. Again, a half-truth is more dangerous than a lie. The next thing we talked about was removing and displacing uh, recovery paradigms that aren't consistent with our direction, commitment, or environment. I need to continually examine myself, my, my position in where I'm going, how I'm interacting with others and seeing what their response is and using their response as feedback to where I'm going. And I continue to revise it and 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 involve them as 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 maybe a sounding board to what I'm doing. And I compare that to my internal voice to see if I'm lying to myself. And I look at my overall life and I and I see and I love uh, uh, my friend Slow Will about being happy, joyous and free and and what a great influence he has been over the years and by the way if you if you want to go back and listen to uh Slow Will, um, we've got uh, some podcasts up on him and some archive things that we did a few years ago together when we were in Oklahoma. But Slow Will always talks about being happy, joyous, and free. 
right? A happy, grateful, recovered alcoholic. That's his mantra. And, and when we identify those adjectives, am I those things? Am I happy? Am I joyous? Am I free? Does, does my internal view of me match the external response I receive from you? And when it doesn't, I need to remove the things that I know aren't working and maybe replace or adjust the things that I know that can work or things I need to try because I need to be consistent with my direction, my commitment, and I need to make sure that I'm compliant with my environment. And then finally, we want to adopt new positive paradigms that are in alignment with our own direction. You know, there's so many other great podcasts and authors out there. You know, I really encourage you to to listen to them, you know, and and glean things from each of them. Or if you're going to a speaker meeting or or a regular meeting that you attend or you're with a therapist or you're you just love to read and explore uh, positive approaches to living, whether it be fiction or nonfiction, but we need to examine ideas and see where it fits with us and then try to apply them because I always have to be adopting more progressive ideas and build on the ones that I know work while introducing new ones that could add to my present way of thinking to help elevate. One of, the, one of the great things, again, I'm not a real science guy, but I like terminology. There's this thing called synergy. And synergy is when two different elements are combined to make a third element or chemical altogether. The two don't make a more powerful or different version of each one. They make a third altogether different element. And that's probably the best explanation I can have right now. So I love that because if I take this bit of power over here of what I'm already doing in my life, and I add this new source of power over here that I found and I'm introducing and I'm merging with my present power there's a third powerful element that emerges from that that is like this blast that gives me this boost of energy. It's like it's like drinking a an energy drink, but it's natural, right? That's what this can do. I I take what's working, I introduce things that could be more powerful and add to what I'm currently doing, and boom, this result can be mind-blowing. I mean, it's been this way for me. And I know people who feel the same way. I didn't get this way on my own, right? I know people who think even more profoundly than me, who have been sober and clean less time than me. So time isn't a necessary component to wellness, although it doesn't hurt, but it's what we're taking in. It's how we're processing it. Now, I want to say thank you for taking the time with me today on Recovery Paradigms. You know, the Monday fix is so important for Juan and me because we really want to bring you some great content. You know, I I hope you not only listen once, but listen again. 
And if you're anything like me, listening a third and a fourth time is so critical to pull down all the information I need to pull down. You know, find us, whether you're from Stitcher or Podbean or iTunes Podcast or Google Play or Spotify, you know, we're out there and we want to make a difference in your life because you make a difference in our life. So I want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast. Please leave comments. You know, if you've got any questions about how to further identify erroneous paradigms, or maybe you want to share some practical examples uh, in your life, or you, you want to share with me what you're doing to adopt new positive paradigms that are in alignment with your direction. You know, share those things with me. Let us be a part of each other, because at the end of the day, without you, I'm just me. Without me, you're just you. But together, we are we. Have a great day. Thanks for stopping in and listening to The Fix. We will see you on Thursday for the checkup. Don't be late. Have a great day. This is The Recovery Guy. I was trying to do everything.